Hey there, I'm James McKimbin. And I'm Dagobert Renouf. And you're listening to This Indie Life. This Indie Life follows the journey of two former indie hackers as we navigate the good, the bad and the ugly, attempting to turn our indie hacker dreams into reality. Dago used to run Logology, a logo design product, but now he has a job. I run a podcast editing service, which is basically a job, and a handmade leather wallet side project. In this episode, Dago has started that new job and gives us an update on what it's like now he's joined the dark side. Is he happy? Does he regret the decision? All will be revealed in this update conversation. I, meanwhile, travel to Dago's country, avoid him completely, and drive to the furthest point away from him so I can do some work. Let's get into this episode. Dude, how are you doing? I'm doing weird because I really love my new job. And I feel mm-hmm. weird about it. I feel like I, w- I wasn't supposed to feel this way. I thought I was supposed to suffer for longer. And I've kind of found the perfect company. And I love everyone there. They're like so welcoming and supportive. And they give me complete autonomy. And I love it. That's like, fuck, man, I miss this feeling. I miss this feeling of like, I can just do good work. And I don't have to worry if like, I mean, I worry like, because I'm working at a startup, I worry like, is my work going to be valuable and are we going to grow? But I don't worry, I'm going to have money at the end of the month. And that's a huge change. What's your job again? Where are you? What are you doing? So it's not even a real job description because I applied to be a product manager. But now I'm doing like a mix of product management and product marketing. So it's a small startup and I'm trying to figure out what features we need to build to get more growth, get more customers, and also figure out how we speak to those customers about those, fe- those features and like how we prioritize everything. So it's like basically, for me, my favorite part of like building a startup, which is like you try to understand the market, you try to understand customers and figure out their pain points, and then you write landing pages about it, and then you build field features to solve it. And it's awesome. So talk me through your first day, your first week, because you're, you're what now? You're almost at the end of two weeks? I started on a Tuesday and it's like Thursday now. So it's like okay. two weeks and a bit more than that. So first day was really fun because like they have an office in Paris, Station F, which is the huge startup campus we have in Paris. The first day I went there and met the team, but like it's a fully remote job, which I love. But like they just had this one day where like everybody came. So I went there and it, it was really good to be a part of a team. Because, like, we were together with Lucy, but, like, you know, we're kind of, like, one and the same. We're, like, living in an apartment. Like, we have, yeah. we share the risk. You know, it's, like, it's not the same. It's kind of, like, we're only one person, kind of. And now it felt like, wow, there's, like, somebody doing marketing. There's, like, three people doing code. There's, like, three people doing sales. I don't have to think of everything. I can have fun with other people, depend on them, and build something together. And I love that. That was something I missed. And I not only did I miss, but I feel like it's something I very rarely, you know, experienced. But like at the beginning, you know, it's a startup and it's pretty small for now. So there was this part where like, you're like on your own. Like you, I just came in. It's like, yeah, you know, bring value, you know, whatever. (laughs) That was like, there's nothing. uh, There's no, there was no clear onboarding or anything, but it was still cool. Like I had fun just talking with everyone. And I spent my first week basically talking with everyone to try to understand, you know, what are the main problems and where I can help. 
I've thought about this and I've always tried to replicate it with every client I go to. And I think I can be a solopreneur. I can work by myself and I'll just sort of absorb into my client's teams and sort of feel part of it. But it never quite works like that. As much as you try to be part of a team, if you're a contractor, it's never going to be the same. So Mm. you're like genuinely feeling that now that you're part of a team. And like how much of this do you feel is like the honeymoon period for you? Well, you know, I didn't plan to get a job this soon. I thought it was going to be like, you know, a couple of months because I'm still very tired from the burnout. So like basically I work and then at seven, I just like don't do anything. I go to bed. But like the reason why I took it is because when I met the guy like on LinkedIn from like a mutual friend on Twitter and then all the interviews, I was always like not expecting anything, not giving a shit really. It was just like, just curious, like, okay, you know, what, what could we do together? And every yeah. time I was pleasantly surprised. Like first time was like, well, the CEO seems smart. Then the second time was like, well, the CTO seems nice. Then the <laughs> third time was like, then the like COO seems very square. I like that. They made me an offer and then I started working with them. And now every time I'm like, well... It's like my dream job. I didn't know it was possible because basically I feel like they trust me. They respect me. They want me and I can just do what I love and they don't get like in my way. Like it's crazy. Like in my contract, it says that they cannot contact me outside of working hours and they encourage me to only contact them like on Slack and shit between 9.30 to noon 30 and then between 1.30 to 6.30. And no weekends. And that's just like the vibe. And like they're all like, yeah. it's funny because like it's a startup. Everybody's like motivated and trying to grow. But at the same time, it's like chill. And whenever I have something, I, like, I say like, hey, I want to do this. And like, yeah, do that. Like, I'm just like so free. So like, it's so weird for me to be able to be free, autonomous. It's interesting how you like feel free and that you have autonomy when you leave the thing yeah. that was meant to give you freedom and exactly. autonomy. Because, you know, I feel like I had freedom and autonomy with Logology, but I had no power, kind of. Like, I mean, I, there was no way, because it was so tough to do everything, that I was limited. I spent half of my day on Twitter, then the rest of the day I have to design features, then code them. Like, there's so much work. Like, when we look back at it with Lucy, we're like, the ambition we had, we should have been, like, at least five people. You know, and we would have, like, been able to do what we wanted. You know, but like just the two of us, it was like way too much work. And so now I feel like I can focus on like the job I love to do. And then, yeah, you know, I'm just working with developers when I need that. Or like I'm working with designers when I need that. And and they, and, and again, that's this thing that I think it's, I'm lucky though. I think I'm lucky because like, I think it's the perfect timing of like, like the CEO knew me from Twitter. Like he actually listens to this podcast. So I think he told me that. I'm not sure because like, I'm like, why? Like, it, it was weird because like, I didn't expect him to do that. But I think it's because they respect me and they know me from outside. That they're like willing to trust me. Also, you know, I also have acquired that experience. So like when I talk to them, I'm pretty like confident and convincing about what we should do. You know, I have ideas and I have, you know, vision. Yeah. And maybe it's also my age. Like I think like when I was like working at jobs when I was younger, I didn't have that confidence or that ability to be like, to command, like, okay, I think we should do this and like be very clear about it and make people inspired to follow me. And now I feel like with five years building Logology, my Twitter credibility, I feel like people believe me and people want to follow me. 
And so that's awesome to be in that position now, you know, at like 34, where like they hired me, but they don't like give me any orders or don't tell me what to do. They just tell me, you know, just, just like, they just give me like general guidelines, but I'm like, basically my goal is that we keep growing. That's like my mission. And then I do whatever the fuck I think I need to do to help us get there. That seems I do. It's typically hard to get that right when you join a company and... Yeah. And it's like fully remote and there's like all these perks. Like, it's just like crazy. Again, I feel like I didn't want to take a job that, that soon, but then I looked and I was like, to find something that seems that good, I'm going to have to go through yeah. at least 10 or 20 or 30 offers. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just going to like take this, you know? And again, so I'm still tired. My eyes still a problem. Like I bought like a crazy monitor that is an e-ink monitor. And like, this, this shit is fucking expensive. Like 13 inches, it's like 800, you know, euros, this shit. But it's amazing. And I don't have any tiredness when I look at it, so I use that. But all I'm saying is that I'm still like physically in the aftermath of this fucking burnout. But like, it's a completely different game than with Logology, where I was like excited, but worried about my survival and Lucy's yeah. survival all the time. Now it's like, I'm just excited. And I got my first partial salary a couple of days ago. And I was like, and I showed it to Lucy. And she was like, <laughs> I don't know, like it changed everything. It was like, for us, we bought a new mattress. We're like, okay, we need to get <laughs> a setup to feel good, you know? And I don't mean about sex or anything. I mean about <laughs> our mattress is shit and we sleep bad for ages. I mean, we're starting to make plans. I mean, I feel weird because I'm like, I'm this guy making the mug about imagine having a boss again and now i have a job and i love it and i said to lucy last week i told her and she almost like teared up when i said that like of happiness because i came back from paris like on like last thursday and i told her i felt happier today than i ever felt in like the five years of logology wow dude i can hear it in your voice man you seem so more upbeat and happy than you have been in a while and it seems like it's something fresh and new and exciting and you you just got this stability now and energy towards something. How do you feel about working for someone else and helping build their thing? Because that's always my worry about going and working for someone else, that oh. my time and effort is put towards building someone else's equity when doing it for myself builds up more of an asset for me. Well, they gave me some equity, so I'm so happy. So I feel like yeah, motivated. Yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm going to grow. And I feel like I can help grow this company so much. I'm like very confident this equity is going to be worth more. So I'm very excited. And on your imagine having a boss again, I like to think of that. It's more like imagine having a really shitty boss that micromanages you and you don't enjoy that sort of stuff. Because like my main client who was my boss before was the best boss I ever had and is the best client I could ask for. And I was with him yesterday and he just has such a good view on how to manage people, which is if you've got really good people, you don't have to manage them. You don't have to give them tasks. With his show, he has been completely hands off and said, James, you just do what you need to do. I'm not going to tell you. And he feels so much more of a collaborator than a boss. Yeah, That's um, exactly how I feel. That's exactly that. Like I go on the Slack and there's like 10 people in the company and like nobody's talking about anything. Everybody's working and Slack isn't supposed to be a place where like people hang out and pressure each other. Yeah. I get like one DM per day on Slack, even though I'm like talking with everyone and working with everyone on different subjects. What, what don't you like about it? Is there anything that you're not 100% happy with? I still struggle like with the fact that I'm working with a team now. 
I have to communicate now what I decide. <laughs> I, I can't just like talk to Lucy. You know, I have to like keep people up to date and don't keep people in the dark. And it's very hard for me because I like to just work. You know, I'm good at communicating. You know, I can write tweets. I'm good at writing. I can explain things, but it's just like thinking of doing it and spending a chunk of my time doing that is not what I prefer doing. So I have to kind of like get used to that. I feel like there's no downside for me basically because like I'm making good money. I'm resting because even though I work, like I, compared to logology, I'm resting and taking care of myself. Yeah. We're like buying shit that we couldn't buy before and had to postpone. So we're like kind of like rebuilding kind of like our life, you know, and, and our like, uh, you know, the, our home and everything. And in France, there's this thing that people don't know, like in France, there's this crazy thing. When you work for a company, after six months, if then after that you leave, like they fire you or you like leave of a common agreement, you have six months close to full unemployment benefits, or like close to your full salary for six months to do whatever the fuck you want, like build a startup. And it's up to two years. So you can have a job of two years and then for two years, you just like get paid to build your startup after that. So that's why I wanted to build for a French company because like a lot of founders I know in France, they use that to build their startups. I'd heard about that, but didn't know to the extent. I know someone else who, French folk that did, did that. But no, cool. Yeah, very common. So what about you now? I've just been sort of chugging along. I, I technically have a job. Now, now I look at it, that client that... I figured out that deal with and we're now doing weekly video episodes and that is essentially what I view as my my job and one of the things we did a few weeks ago was Cannes Lions which is a big advertising festival in South France. I've been, I've been twice before, once before the pandemic, once last year and this year we were doing a bunch of video podcasts. We, we got like press passes into the main event and these passes are like 10 grand to get. Now Getting there, Dago, was not as easy. Have you read my blog post on this? You have a blog? Yeah, okay. So <laughs> I, I just, I just want to know like how much you know about it. So you, you haven't okay. read it, no? Okay, no. So I'm booked on a flight down from Heathrow to Nice on the Sunday. So I book my parking. I go to the airport. It's a whole fiasco at the airport, Dago, trying to like check in my bags. I lose my passport. Eventually, I get through. I like go and get some food. And at this point, my flight's delayed by one hour. Which I thought, yeah, it's fine. There was like storms, but my client's flight had left two hours earlier from the same airport. Yeah. Didn't think it was going to be a problem. And like, as we were getting closer and closer to the delayed departure time, there was no gate. And I'm like, hmm, this is weird. And then so we get to the scheduled departure time, our delay, and it gets cancelled. This is the first flight I've ever had cancelled. And I'm like at Heathrow, which is two hours from my home. And now I can't get down to this event. We had our first recording on Tuesday. I was going to get a Sunday evening. Okay. So I'm like, right, okay, what do I do? I book a flight the next day from a different airport. This cost me like £800. And fortunately, I had credit cards that I've cleared off that I could put this £700, £800 flight on. So go home, sleep, go again the next day. And like, I go to check in on the app and it says, like, your flight's delayed an hour. I'm like, well, this seems fucking familiar, doesn't it? Fortunately, before I left, fortunately and unfortunately, before I left, that flight was cancelled. But I still have the fucking problem that I can't get down to the south of France. Now, most people probably at this point would have given in because I didn't want to have to go through it the next day of booking another yeah. flight, getting it cancelled, 
But I did have another option. There is an ability to drive down to the south of France. But my car was in the garage getting fixed yeah. at this point. 30 now wheel drive, but yeah. 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 It was a long drive. And I had like thought it might... You know, <laughs> Americans a... just call that commuting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're so used to the long distances. Like, oh yeah, I'm just going to work. See you next week. You know. Yeah. I had like zero money at this point as well. I'm like, got a decision to make. Do I now try and drive down to the south of France overnight to get to my Tuesday midday meeting or recording? So dude, That's what I go, a true professional would do. <laughs> someone who's really committed to their work. So I go, I hire a car and once I've hired the car, I'm like, oh shit, can I actually drive this hire car abroad? I call the, up their customer service, say, can I hire your car, drive your cars abroad? They're like, no, you have to like to ask us beforehand and then we can get it set up. I'm like, so what do I do? I'm like literally driving to the Euro tunnel in one of your cars. It turns out I, d I didn't really need to tell them. I just needed one permit, which I didn't Maybe even for insurance. There's a dangerous. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I get to Calais at 20 to midnight French time. And I've driven on the other wrong side of the road, but I've never done it in Europe. So <laughs> I had to like pitch black 11 p.m., navigate my way through french motorways which by the way are bloody fantastic yeah your motorways are lovely your service stations are frequent and many 24 hour and very comfortable yeah and expensive your, it, oh god your fucking tolls on your roads my goodness it's basically know, the like, same cost um, as like a train ticket Of like, yeah. like the like the high speed train we have that's very expensive. That's the same cost basically. Like going to Paris from Lille, like 60 bucks, like back and forth, just from the freeway. Yeah. Well, the train would have been an option if I'd have booked a ticket, but because this event's so popular and everyone else had like had their flights cancelled, there were no train tickets. So like driving was oh, only no trains. Yeah, because that would point. have been yeah. like yeah, train would have been like six hours and comfortable. But yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you drove there, like, all by yourself? All by myself. It was novel and fun until about 3 a.m., and then the tiredness really started to kick in. Pulled over at yeah. 4 to have a nap, slept for an hour, and then I'm like, oh, shit, I've still got six hours of this drive to do. And that, that, that was hard. And then when I got to Lyon, with about four hours to go, that was the lowest point. That was, why have I done this to myself? This is ridiculous. I should have just stayed at home and, like, not try to do this ridiculous... You know, I like drive. it because it's kind of like... It's a shitty adventure, but it's an adventure. Dago, you know? da I'm, exa I'm exactly in And life camp. is that's so fucking boring. Like, like, that's something you will remember. That's it's like an experience. I'd, that's cool. I, I'm, I'm happy I did it, but you could not tell me that at 8am when I'm in Lyon, in fucking rush hour traffic in Lyon... All I want to do is sleep, and I didn't yeah. want to be anywhere but there. But, like, France is beautiful. It, it, was, it was a lovely drive. Get there, do my work. It all works out in the end, and then I drive back overnight again. So in the space for a few days. Guess how much the entire trip, uh, or, like, the entire drive both ways cost me? You mean freeway plus gas plus freeway, rental? Freeway, gas, rental, okay. yeah. 1200 oh my goodness yeah is that like a hundred percent spot on <laughs> i'm very yeah. good at that shit you know I'm, i'm good at that yeah it was 470 pounds for the car rental around 200 pounds for fuel 
£210 for your bloody tolls, £366 for the Eurotunnel, and then like £20 on snacks and Red Bull. So a bit more expensive than the plane, but you got an experience. Uh, it did. And like, if I was to do it again, I would absolutely do the drive again, Dago, but I would have someone with me to share the driving and I would plan yeah. it over two days and have like a proper stop off in between and do it in two. So that, that, that was like the big thing that happened to me over the last couple of weeks. But a few other things I've done, you know, my flat, like where I've recorded, I've like in my office is my master bedroom. So that's like the big room. When I moved in, I chose the big room to be my office. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember and that. With all your leather and shit. With all my leather and the small room was my bedroom. I'd, I fancied a change. So on Sunday, I decided I was going to switch them around. So it's currently a bit of carnage, but the office is now the small room and the bedroom is now the big room. It's far more practical. I love the bedroom like that. But I can't fit everything I want to fit into the office the now. small, yeah. Yeah. So I, I've got my desk in there and I've got my, like, my leather storage, but I can't fit my crafting table in there. And that really annoys me because I wanted the room to be for my office and also crafting and I can't do it. So like the crafting table is in my living room now. So I'm determined to figure out a way how I can get that room to be both you crafting mean you didn't, and like, working. Measure or like plan? Oh, yeah. You just had like, oh, I'm just gonna move to like a three times smaller room, and now <laughs> now it's in two in. rooms, and now <laughs> I sleep on the toilet. You know, it's like what happened? Yeah. Well, I I, th I thought I can like get rid of a bunch of stuff, and I did yeah. m measure it a little bit, but like. I could measure it and go, yes, it fits, but then I've not got much room to sit. Like, I've got solutions, but no, I didn't, like, fully plan it out and, like, measure each thing meticulously and draw them out on a on a bit of paper. No, I was like, I'm you switching amateur. it. Uh, yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. But so far, I'm enjoying having a bigger bedroom. And I actually quite like the, the actual working space of the office, but I need to figure out how to do crafting and also turn it into a, a recording studio. How's the wallet business doing? So I, I, it has dropped off, but I still get nice regular sales. I say dropped off. I was looking back on the blog post I wrote about the big sales month. And I remember when we first started this, I got to do that six grand yeah. of sales. But I, actually, it's been quite consistent at around £700 to £1,000 a month, which is amazing. How, how is it like 10 or 12 wallets, something? Yeah, about 10 wallets, 10 wallets a month. And I'm putting very little effort into it apart from a few tweets. And I got a different type of leather in that was really cool. It was like dyed through red and then had a black finish on it. And I put that on Twitter and I sold five or six of them just through yeah, that. I remember tweet. that. Well, I, I was thinking about what I, what I should and need to do with that brand because I was looking at the website. It's quite low converting. It's a bit confusing, so I've hired someone to rewrite the copy. I'm going to make the categories more clear of what the wallets are, launch some slightly bigger wallets, and uh, like have a standard colour that you see when you land on the site, so it's not a mishmash. Yeah. Four or five styles, max, and then do limited releases in clear sections for the different colours, and then a studio option where you have all my creations with all the different types of leather. Yeah. Which are sort of one-offs. Like the one you made for me, like the custom one you made for me. Exactly, exactly that. 
So hmm. that's sort of where I'm at with the the wallet brand. And I, I need to make the fucking content. Like, what is wrong with me? I've said this for months. A lot and months of things, months. James. A that- lot of things. We talked about this. <laughs> I've I've got to get this content out. And in fact. I, I got paid my big invoice, so I've had money for the first time in a while, and it's been lovely, but I've been spending that on things that I need yeah. to spend spend it on. So I've hired an editor to help me with editing my shows. Fucking huge, oh, finally. Wow. And hired someone to start help me editing those videos for socials for the brand. And then that way I've got a little bit of accountability to do it and actually getting stuff out there. That's awesome that you can like, you make money. So you make money like, you. I remember like six months ago, this client, you hoped you could get him or like maybe like four months yeah. ago. And now it's like, yeah, it's like kind of like your job, but you enjoy it. Plus you still sell some wallets. Like it's not bad, like 700 a month. You know, like when you saw it, you were like way less. So it's not like your big months, but it's not bad. Like it's a nice, like it's it's a perfect Uh, hobby style i guess you would it's like a to perfect have side twice but you know it's pretty good yeah 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 so side branch that i can like justify spending a little bit more time on because i've got a job that i only have to do a couple of days a week that pays the bills well you feel like we're like in good shape now like you know i feel like you're in good shape too it's nice all right now should we wrap it here yeah Thank you for listening to this episode of This Indie Live. Hope you enjoyed this update conversation with me and Dago. We want to hear what you think about Dago's new job. Isn't it lovely to see him really happy? Are you are you still on Twitter, Dago? Are you still hanging out there? Or are you? No, not really, but I'm coming back. I just need to okay, get used to back. the new you know, habits. All right, so if you want to get in touch with us, we're both on Twitter. We've also got a handle for the pod at Indie Life Pod. Direct your questions. Maybe we'll do some sort of Q&A episode with your questions on how Dago's finding his new life. I'll pop a link in the show notes for everything. And if you want to watch us instead of listen, we are on YouTube. That's all from me. James out. <laughs>